Welcome gamers to the ultimate virtual adventure. You've just tuned in to the most epic gaming podcast in the multiverse. Whether you're a seasoned player or a button mashing newbie, this podcast is your one-stop shop for everything gaming. We're your hosts, Alex and Tyler, and we'll be your guides through the pixelated realms, untangling the mysteries of your favorite titles and discussing the latest and greatest in video game fun. Join us as we embark on epic quests, battle mythical creatures, and explore the vast virtual landscapes of countless games. So grab your controller, settle into your favorite gaming chair, and prepare for an audio adventure like no other. Welcome to Pixelated Realms. Let the games begin. We did it. Cheers. Cheers. Applause for everyone. We've, we did it. We got it off the ground. We've started. <laughs> we started our podcast. Uh, I'm Alex Salerno. This is my brother. I'm Tyler Salerno. So uh, we're going to start this off by, I think, kind of introducing ourselves as this is the first inaugural podcast of Pixelated Realms. So Tyler, why don't you go first? Tell us about yourself. I would love to do so. Um, As I said, my name is Tyler Salerno. Um, I am a lifelong video game lover, been playing ever since I could crawl and probably much before I could read. Um, You know, we... uh, I personally am a huge variety gamer, but I also have uh, a lot of experience in both the sound design and music composition realms as it uh, as it is applied to media and video games. Um, you know, just a lifelong lover of of discussing and being critical and and having fun. Um, we uh, we we look forward to talking about all of our favorite games with you guys and finding different ways that we can play together and create a more uh, you know healthy community for for gaming in the future. Yeah, that's a really great way to put it. I mean, I, I'm really hoping that we just, you know, create a really nice forum for real discussions about about video games and and you know, kind of dive deep into things that I, you know, people are thinking about. Um, and in that, I'll, I'll go ahead and introduce myself. Then, so I'm Alex Salerno. I'm Tyler's older brother, and I've been gaming like just like he said, like basically before we could walk. Um, as soon as we were able to, you know, articulate our fingers enough to press buttons on the on the computer back when they were on floppy disks. So uh, that ages me a little bit there. But uh, I've been playing since, you know, forever. And I'm a variety gamer as well. I tend to like kind of tactical shooter games. um, But I also enjoy a good RPG. Um, And, you know, we'll kind of discuss what we're we're playing and maybe we'll get to know that a little bit better. Absolutely. Uh, And I think that's one of the nice things about us is we actually, although we're both variety gamers, we do have specific areas we tend to specialize in. I'm a huge uh, MMO player. I love World of Warcraft, Final Fantasy mm -hmm. uh, 14, um, so on and so forth. You name it, I've probably played it in the MMO realm. Um, Alex has a much more affinity for the shooter um, that I'm sure you'll dive into more as we continue to get into this podcast. But that doesn't mean... um, you know, we both do not have experience in both of these realms. Um, we're we're huge lovers of video games in general, and uh, we'll keep that going. You know, as long as we as long as we live. Yeah, forever and ever, right? I mean, uh, <laughs> Tyler, you were telling me a little bit. Oh, you know what I didn't talk about is so uh, I'm a software engineer by trade. So this is a part time job for us, um, and so I have a tiny little bit of experience in game development, amateur only. I'm not claiming to be anything. Um, but it just kind of gives us a little little backdoor into some of the t- technology and how things work. Um, so maybe we'll be talking about that a little bit. And Tyler, as an audio engineer, has a uh, a little bit of experience in how game audio works as well. Uh, did you want to talk about that at all? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I you know just to 
little bit more about myself. I do have a degree in music composition, classically trained. Um, you know, fun, uh, very fun topic and and great thing to to learn if you are interested. Um, you know, music has such an important role in video games as in anything you know, really. True. I mean, you know, we think about film, but if we go into video games, we get even deeper because video games are a longer format, right? We're not mm. just trying to, you know, in some cases we might be shoving something into a one to two hour video game, but most of the time it is a longer experience. So the way that we tailor music and the way we tailor sound to that um, and how that is implemented in, you know, if we think back 10, 15 years ago, you know, one disc or, you know, a cartridge, oh um, you yeah. have to get, <laughs> you have to get very creative in the ways that you implement this. Um, you know, for example, you know, we think about the uh, Super Nintendo and and those consoles back in the 80s and 90s, you know, these composers had very little, uh, they were like, you know, I want to say it was kilobits of room for their audio and music for an entire, you know, 60 hour game. Yeah, um, and yeah. so some of that is really incredibly interesting and we'll definitely dive into it more as we talk about it. Um, but, you know, that's just a little bit about us and how we, you know, our perspectives on when we're going through these games but you know first and foremost we're really just looking to have fun and enjoy ourselves yeah absolutely uh there's while we do have notes and plans for this we are prone to going on tangents and just having a good time and talking so um expect this to uh kind of be all over the place a little bit but always pertinent to the overall discussion well hopefully right um, you know, and we're likely to go into random tangents about specific things. Like we almost went on one on audio right there. <laughs> you <Right. know? laughs> haven't even really started yet. Um, but yeah, so, uh, thanks for, for starting us off and let's, uh, let's go ahead. And I want to know oh. what is, what are you currently playing right now? Let's talk about that a little bit. So let's go ahead and dive into what we're currently playing. And I expect this to take up basically the whole show. Uh, uh, what, what do you, what is your number one right now? Well, as many, um, of our, our listeners and gamers out there right now are, I am also on the Diablo 4 hype. Hell um, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I've been a Diablo fan since, uh, since the original Diablo one, but really came into my stride in my teenage years when Diablo two, um, came out and Diablo two's expansion, um, Lords of Destruction, if I, um, I'm dating myself there. Um, so I've been a huge Diablo fan um, my entire life. Um, the system, you know, the isometric and character building aspects of that game have always appealed to me so greatly. Um, and that is accompanied by a really interesting story and incredible art, um, really great music and sound design. All of these components that wrap together to create a timeless 10 out of 10 game. Um, and uh, And when Diablo 4 came out, you know, I know, Alex, you probably feel the same. You know, there was a lot of skepticism. Oh, my um, God, we were, yeah. We were worried. We were really worried. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not going to say I didn't like Diablo 3 because that's not an accurate representation. But Diablo 3 personally just did not pull me in in the same way that Diablo and, 2 well, it did. And let's, let's not pretend that it didn't have a rough start. That game came out and was on mm. fire from the beginning. I mean, do you remember, like, the real life, the real money auction house? And the the nightmare behind that and like how people were trying to sell items for like a thousand dollars, like real money. 
and totally it, true. <laughs> totally, it totally ruined the entire game. I mean, they eventually fixed it. Like they did a really good job, and that's something that Blizzard is is good about is that even if they release a big turd, they're they'll turn it around and they'll dedicate the time to giving it that quality. Uh, but Diablo three was was in a was in a rough state, and like you were saying, like you know, we, we it, it, Blizzard hasn't had a really good track record over the last like I don't know five, maybe even longer years. Absolutely. And, you know, just going on what you said about that rough start, I mean, eventually it did get to a place where I was enjoying it and I was running riffs with my friends and, you know, maxing out and boosting characters and making seasonal characters. And, you know, we had a great time. It was a lot of mm -hmm. fun. But when you look back in retrospect, you know, you're you kind of think, well, did I have as much fun and timelessness as I did in Diablo 2? You know, when Diablo 2 Resurrected came out, I mean, I had a heart attack and <laughs> took the day off and spent a whole day playing it because I yeah. loved it so much. Um, and so we were that that is why we were so, con, you know, anticipatory for Diablo four. Um, but one thing I think that's that, you know, made me feel a little bit better was uh, the they took their time, you know, um, they they Diablo four was in development. And I, I apologize if I get this wrong, but I want to say it was a round of 10 years of development. Yeah, um, it yeah was, something like it, that. Yeah, it was a long development time frame. I had, you know. I have contacts who I knew had been testing it, um, you know, years and years ago, and they were like so excited and, you know, and we're sitting there like, okay, you know, what's it going to come out? And, and if I recall, they even did delay at least once um, the release, um, you know, yeah. a lot gaming communities love to freak out about that. But I was sitting there like, no, 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 please take your time. <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm, I'm always pro delay, like delay as <laughs> much you need as you it. need because it yeah. doesn't affect us. As the player, it affects the company, right? Because they're like spending more money on it. But so I understand there's like a financial limit to that. But like, take as long as you need to make a game that I actually want to fucking play. Don't waste my time and rush this thing out just to make a quick dollar. Because that's, you can tell, right? You can always tell. Like, exactly. for some reason, it's not the developers per se, but maybe like the executives or the salespeople or somebody on the higher up on the food chain. But they feel like they, like, we won't notice. <laughs> but we always Absolutely. notice, right? You can always tell. You can almost always tell from the trailer, you know? You're like, oh, they are just trying to make money. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And you hear things like that when you browse, you know, your gaming news and you see these articles from developers that talk about how, you know, they're being crunched. They're in this this incredible crunch time and, you know, they're screaming at the top of their lungs that they need more time. And, you know, the shareholders are not having it, blah, 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 blah. But right. So, I mean, really, that just goes all back to what I was saying in the beginning about how, you know, we really wanted this to be a special game and we we were anticipatory and so it finally happened you know the game was released um i i played both of the betas uh the server slam sorry it was a what closed beta open beta and then the server slam if i have that right yeah probably um yeah um you know i was actually pretty neutral at the time i was just kind of like okay like let me just take my steps here you know like don't don't enjoy yourself too much, because what if it all goes down the drain? I, I kept uh, <laughs> skipping all the cinematics, because I was like, yeah. I want to wait till the game comes out <laughs> to actually see what's happening. I was like, I'm just running through this. Totally. I did the same exact thing. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, it, it came out. Um, we started playing, you know, uh, too many hours in, in that first weekend. And, uh, you know, I, I think you'll agree with me, Alex, that, you know, we're 
you know, I personally am really happy with the game. Um, I'm really mm -hmm. having a great time. I'm enjoying the classes and the different abilities and the story. Um, something that really stood out to me that was different than Diablo 3 is about the tone and just the general uh, tone of the art and the world. Um, I felt Diablo 3 had a bit of a... I don't want to say brighter tone, but there was just something that didn't quite meet that gritty Diablo-ness that yeah. I had always known, um, yeah. even was a little bit scared of as a child when I played Diablo 1. I mean... I mean, do you, do you remember playing Di Diablo 1 when we were oh, little yeah. kids? And you're like, yeah, you yeah. enter that dungeon and you're like, oh, man, like, I, I am going to die. <laughs> yeah, if I remember right, it had like a vignette almost around it of like darkness. So like the edges of the screen mm -hmm. were like dark. And so it looked like you were like basically holding a lantern in a dungeon. And it was like so creepy and everything was so gory. And, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, the, the graphics aren't, you know, it, you, in retrospect, right, the graphics are always better than, than they you remember them better than they are. But like, I just remember being like, Oh my God, like this is like the butcher coming after you for the first time yeah. and all that shit. You're just like, what the fuck? Yeah, dude. Diablo one was the shit. I mean, I mean, I, no big surprise. I'm also currently playing Diablo four. So that's one of my list, uh, game lists and Diablo two and Diablo one were, I mean, that was like middle school, I think for me. And like, Diablo 1 was before you were in school. Yeah, I think sure. Diablo, I don't even know what, I gotta look up when that was, but uh, the uh, Diablo 2 was the first game that I had, like, ever played, and then the sun came up and was like, oh, shit, <laughs> I've been playing for, like, all night. And uh, I remember, I think I had an Amazon, and at level 99, it would go and do, like, PvP and all that shit. So, like, Diablo holds, like, special place in my heart, too. And it's totally the tone and that, like, grittiness and the, and the like the brutality of it all which not i like i agree with you i don't think diablo 3 wasn't that but it wasn't the same right it was it was there was something and, there was something and not to dive too much into the past games but i think it's relevant to our conversation of how we're enjoying the new one um you know one thing that I think is groundbreaking that probably doesn't get enough conversation around it is the way that levels were procedurally generated in Diablo 2. Uh, yeah. So that that was a very um you know a fairly new thing in in the in the method that they did it in, right? So there's certain if you you know if you go watch all these awesome uh YouTubers who love Diablo 2 like um SC Llama and all those guys They'll point out, you know, they know that this cave is going to be here because the cave is, although it's a randomly generated map, it is going to be, you know, within the left section of the third tile. And, you know, so they they created this very elaborate system that I would honestly argue has not even quite been matched to this day in a way that you could just repeat these levels and although be they became incredibly familiar they were always different mm. and and i think that really stood out to me um now going back to diablo 4 i think you know they've done a really good job at kind of taking the things that was great in diablo 2 taking some things that were great in diablo 3 definitely some quality of life things uh, yeah. um combining them into a game and kind of really nailing that tone that we were looking for and you know i i i want to take this time to say hey i think there's a big conversation we need to have about that diablo 4 moving forward i don't think it's quite perfect yet mm -hmm. but i have enough confidence and enjoyment you know after what is probably over 100 hours of gameplay you know that 
just there it has that potential you know and the developers are listening yeah. to make those adjustments that we need to continue playing this totally game. and i totally agree with that like so a little background is i have i have like well over a thousand hours of destiny 2 so i'm very well versed in like the live service games right um right. and and Diablo 4 has done an amazing job, in my opinion, of setting the groundwork for the game. Like, it is a very good, very complete game right now. It is, you can play through everything. They did a really good job of balancing. Like, honestly, especially for a game that just came out without any patches, it's probably one of the most well-balanced launch games I've ever played that is of this scale, right? Especially nowadays, right? Yeah. Many of us are aware uh, uh, uncomplete games are a mainstay of AAA gaming yeah. nowadays. Oh, totally. And I mean, every game has bugs. There's bugs in, in Diablo 4 a little bit, but they're like pretty hard to find and stuff like that. But as far as like the core frameworks of the game, like they're very flushed out. They're very intentional, too. I often feel like a lot of especially live service games is they kind of just throw all this shit together and kind of hope that players build content around it and or or enjoy those separate facilities but diablo everything feels very intentional like every mechanic every like you know okay the way that the legendaries and the uniques interact with each other in your build and the way that you do the like ancient nightmares and stuff like that and the the boss uh you know spawns and everything like that everything seems very intentional and the very 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 slow leveling up um you know, kind of progression system, which yeah. is smart because they know people were going to fucking try and sprint to the end and then complain and be like, well, there's not enough to do. I spent 200 hours in the first two weeks and now there's nothing to do. And it's like, they're like, all right, fuckers, we'll slow yeah. this down for you <laughs> to make it really hard. I mean, of course there's the people like shroud who play for fucking 80 hours in three days and you know, which is impossible. And, and we'll get to level 100 in like the first like week, but no, not including those freaks of nature like <laughs> everyone else is going to take you know the better part of a month to get your character up to like 100 and by then the season will be out so it's like they did a really good job of pacing the content because like i mean like you know kind of going back to destiny as an example is they there's obviously a lot of problems with destiny but uh one of the big problems is they don't pace the content very well they do drop a lot of content but it's like very easy to burn through it so it's like you'll end up like nailing all the content out of a season in like a couple of weeks and then you're just waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting. And, and that's something that I also kind of just like learned as a habit um, Mm -hmm. is like with live service games. And I think, I don't know if this is a common thing or not, but like, I feel like a lot of people are like so eager to reach the end goal and then, uh, and then kind of get impatient as opposed to like, you're like, okay, I'm going to do the content then I'm going to be patient and wait for the next content drop because they said they're going to keep going, which is like, and then I'm going to play something else in the meantime, which is totally fine, right? Like, to have yeah, that kind and, of break. And that definitely, you know, makes me kind of think about, you know, like what you were just keying on there is there's so many different types of gamers nowadays. And, and you know, I've, I've been different categories of those gamers myself. You know, I've had when I was 18 and I didn't, have a job to go do sure i could play 12 hours a day but now i am a you know full i do have a full-time job and i need to look at this differently and Mm -hmm. so i agree i think the way that diablo 4 was approached is i know there's a you know anyone who's been on the subreddit has seen the uh you know the the gamer dad posts and whatnot but that's that matters you know it's important like 
you know, as we are getting older, you know, we're 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 not in our twenties anymore. We're not teenagers anymore. <laughs> um, it's it's important to you know know who your audience is. Um, you know, yes, I hope these younger generations are picking up and enjoying this game. But you know, if you ignore the the players who have been playing Diablo one, Diablo two, Diablo three for years and years and years, right? You're kind of setting yourself up for failure. So whenever yeah. I see those posts, I'm kind of like, hey guys, like. You know, give the dad, the dad gamers, and the uh, you know, right. <laughs> give them a chance. You know, because yeah. it, it, it's important too. Yeah, and that's a great point. Like, I, I think that's also kind of like where the like time gated drops of content came out of too. Because you know, like it used to be yeah. that like they would drop all the content all at once in the beginning. Uh, you know, more so until the next quote unquote expansion, and then yep. uh, and so people would like burn it burn through it except for the people who didn't have the time to do that and then they would have to play catch up and so there's always this group of people who are like so far ahead of everyone else that it like kind of unbalanced the game uh and then they're like and then companies started to wise up and they're like okay so now we like time gate major drops be like okay we've already done this but it unlocks in two months or like for instance this season right okay right. you can beat the campaign you can uh, get to level 100 and then the next season will come out and you have to, uh, you have to make your, a new character. Uh, that's something we could talk about. And then, uh, but I, I'm assuming if it's anything like Diablo three, the unlocks you get in the season for the seasonal character can transfer over to your kind of like your main character. Um, yes. So, so well, essentially your seasonal character, you can at the end of the season you can transform them into a permanent character right that's not mm -hmm. part of the season yeah yeah i mean that's it's a kind of a good segue i think into that then because what do you think about that like what do you think about the having to create a new character for each diablo for season i, I know that's something that's yeah. been in diablo 3 but it was even controversial there yeah i mean okay and it's been in diablo 2 <laughs> as well uh oh, yeah, ladder yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, I mean, at the time, you know, when I played Diablo 2, I wasn't concerned with ladder. You know, I was concerned with my uh, seventh grade math class. But, <laughs> um, you know, now as, you know, as we've developed and grown and, and now I'm sitting here really thinking about this ladder and these seasons, um, I think it makes a lot of sense. I, um, you know, I know there's a lot of criticisms around like game passes and and those things, and we'll talk about that more as our as the podcast develops. But you know, I you know I think there needs to be a medium ground, and I think you know we man we could talk about so many games that chose one side or the other, right? A game that might say no, we're we're catering to the extreme uh, tryhard players, and you know, screw the casual <coughs> destiny. Or the <laughs> I was almost thinking like CS:GO, but like yeah, oh, well, yeah, um, definitely. <laughs> but but still, you know, and 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 that's fine. Like, don't get me wrong, we're not hating on that. Like, you know, some games demand that level of precision, and that's that's super fun when you're into it. But a, an open world game like this, where you know there's you know there's less, you know, how do I put it? you know, less need for that type of precision because we're not just in these, like, 30-minute League of Legends games and, you know, if you suck, you've, brought, you've wasted my time now. <laughs> right, right. Um, to me, you know, Diablo is a, you know, just like many RPGs, it's a game that's most enjoyed 
uh, if you enjoy the journey, you know, it's about the journey, oh, yeah. not the destination. Yeah. And I'm I'm all about that when it comes to video gaming. I try to preach um, patient gaming, you know, uh, preach to who I don't know. But, you know, if I had anyone to preach to, I would definitely let them know. Take your time when you play a game because mm-hmm. it's, you know, I guess I just, you know, I think back when I'm playing games and I would just skip through all the text. Right. I was like. 10 years old, I had no time to read all this crap that you're feeding me. And then, you know, the text ends and it's like, oh, crap, where do I go? What am I doing? Yeah, I, I, that's a, <laughs> at, at a certain point, you have to kind of evaluate why am I playing this game? Am I playing this game to enjoy the experience and consume the content like I would a movie? Or am I playing this game to prove to somebody else that I'm really, really cool and have a really strong character and or really far? Uh, and, you know... Now, I'm not saying either one of those is right or wrong, but you yeah. kind of have to look at yourself and reflect and say, like, which one do I want to be? Am I just trying to be the strongest, most powerful thing to to kind of show off my character to other people? Or am I trying to enjoy the game as a game? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, and, and everyone has a different answer to that. And, you know, I I totally respect both both you know, lines of thought in there, but, you know, just going back to the specifics of Diablo 4, um, you know, I I think it might be helpful for us to just talk about our thoughts on some of the more specific elements um, that relate to just all video games. So I, like, how about we just start with, like, the story? Like, what what was your perception of the story playing through it the first time? Uh, I, I like the story a lot. Um, I think they did a a good job of setting the tone and the scale of the conflict that's going on in this game. And something that um, I was worried about. So like in Diablo three, one of my main criticisms, and I would even almost consider this for Diablo two, as far as the story is, I feel like they went a little too big on the scale. So you defeat all the primevals and you go in and kill Diablo right. in the end and stuff like that. And because it, you know, you can kind of beat him just in your first pass on like easy mode or whatever. It kind of felt like, Okay, I'm super strong. Diablo is just a fucking boss. But in this game, like, you, the bad guy isn't even a primeval, and they're tough. And yeah. so it's like, I kind of enjoy the scale. It's like, oh, thank God. Like, I kind of imagine in maybe a future release, if we ever do fight Diablo, he's going to be like a world boss raid. It's going to be tough. And that's how I feel like it should be, right? Like, if, if he's this big baddie. Um, and so if, I felt that kind of um that weight of of mm-hmm. difficulty in the in the campaign which i thought was very nice um especially because the scaling in the game is is honestly amazing um so like the way yeah that they... that's a whole nother topic right i mean i, I know it was really uh, it was really quite impressive because at a lot of times when I'm jumping in and out with friends or you or, you know, we kept thinking I kept thinking to myself, like, oh, I am going to be so powerful for him. And then, like, it was like, oh, no, I feel pretty balanced. Like, yeah. That's cool. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, a minor tangent. Right. But like yeah. uh, in the in the campaign, like you could totally jump in and out with your, your friends. And if I'm level 80 and you're level 10, it doesn't matter. They do a great job of scaling it locally. So, like, there's some kind of conversion, right? But, like, you know, the, your level 10 player and you are re- attack damage is relative to your level. So, like, you will both feel like it's a challenge, um, yeah. which, is, which is very nice because yeah, liter- yeah. literally it, jump in, drop, it, or drop in, drop out. I mean, as you as you know, you know, the numbers game of 
you know, I, I can't even imagine how complex these systems must get. You know, no, with, they probably with, have a somebody with a math the doctors in math and, and right and insane know. algorithms that can like calculate these percentages. But if you don't notice it, that actually means it's doing its job, right? Yeah, exactly. But then at the same time, you don't feel like you're not making progress in the game, right? So like yeah. you don't feel like a new item is making it doesn't add any strength to you because it's scaled up, right? Like it doesn't feel like that. You still feel like you can be powerful, but have it scaled correctly, which is, is like I said, that kind of goes back to my one of my other points is the balance is amazing <laughs> in this game, yeah. Um, yeah. at least at the current level. And and so um, but, you know, going back to the to the story, um, I like the story, the, the story yeah. was good. The voice acting was good. The individual stories were good. The 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 characters in the stories were interesting. The arcs were interesting. Um, it was semi nonlinear, which I liked. Um, it, That's interesting because I I almost didn't like that. Oh really? I like that it kind of gave you the freedom to pop around a little bit. Um, but but it wasn't too nonlinear where it, like yeah. it didn't make yeah. any sense, right? It was like they they would kind of like open it up a little bit and then it would close back down to like a single storyline and kind of open back up again. And then um, let me see what else. So that was good. The voice acting was good. I think I said that already. Um, they left it they made oh they made a big enough impact to the world's lore but not so much that they couldn't build on it which i yeah. thought was good which was kind of a latent promise to that it sounded like they were going to continue the story right like that right we're going to continue yeah. cuz you know like we have like the game's called diablo and diablo's not in right. it so <laughs> well, no, sorry well, no spoilers but you know he <laughs> He's <laughs> sorry, guys. Uh, I should have said spoiler. Maybe I'll, maybe we'll put a little thing in there. But um, you know, so it so like it tells me like okay, we're and if it's anything like Diablo three or, or for instance, they're going to continue to add things to this game with expansions. And I know they've already announced that they're going to do that, but it makes me hopeful that it's going to yeah. be part of that story that we played and not just an addition that seems like a side thing, right? Kind of like. Diablo 3's expansions kind of felt that way to me. It was just like, a, oh, hey, here's some more stuff. But it didn't feel like it was ever really continuing the original storyline. Even, I mean, like most technically it was, but it just felt like, oh, here's a, here's another area and some stuff. But this one, yeah, I for feel me, like... it just kind of felt like another dungeon to run through and a boss to kill real quick. And yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I didn't feel that. Well, you know, just getting into my thoughts about the story. I mean, I think. I, I do just want to call out the voice acting. Um, that was incredible. I think a lot of people have noticed that, um, you know, we microphone techniques nowadays and, and, you know, the technology we have just allows it to be so crystal clear. And, and these voice actors just do a tremendous job of creating these characters. Um, I mean, you know, typically Blizzard does a phenomenal job at picking their voice actors. Um you know, I, you know, like we were saying earlier, I just tried to slow burn my way through it. I tried not to rush, you know, I, I took a few side quests here and there, but I also didn't, you know, pressure myself to do all of them. Um, you know, I, I enjoyed the different acts. I thought they, you know, felt distinct enough, which was a worry of mine. Um, you mm -hmm. know, in Diablo 2, if you think about it, each act it almost feels, you know, not a different game, but it truly is a different environment. And I, yeah. that was actually one of my favorite parts of the game. I love running through the forests and hating myself, and then, you know, then going to, you know, uh, um, you know, Luke Golan and going through the deserts. So like, yeah. I was, I was a little worried about that when we played the betas. Um, of course, all knowing that we had not seen the full game yet. Um, 
but in the end, you know, I was I was really satisfied with how the different terrains panned out um, and kind of how we progressed through them. You know, going back to what I said about uh, about the, uh, the the kind of non-linearity of the story, um, you know, I just think it's a little confusing when you dropped into the game, right? So I drop into the game, I do that first story quest they give you, you know, you kind of go get the petals of Lilith and, and all that stuff that's right in the first five minutes, and... And then it seems like you should go on to that next quest. But then you open your map and there's like the five quest markers for all the acts or, you know, three or four. I think it's three. Yeah. 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 And so for me, though, it's like as someone who's easily tangented, you know, I'm like, please just tell me which one I need to go to. next. Uh, Yeah, I get that. (laughs) Maybe maybe like when you start one, the other two should have disappeared or something. But right. But I mean, Um, it's like you could, you know, like there's act let's say one, two and three or whatever, which is the three like that co- opens yeah. up in the beginning. And then you are like, Oh, I'm going to go do act two first and you can complete that entire story. But it's isolated from like the other two, but it kind of lends itself to the final story. Right. So that's yeah, that's makes. why they let you do that. Right. It's like, Oh cool. You wrote the story in a way that like everything kind of pieces together. And and that's great. You know, that's, that's totally cool. And I, I really, I'm not sure I have a criticism, a specific criticism, other than, you know, I don't necessarily, when you are trying to grind something like a game like this, you know, it, it almost is easier just to have that, like, okay, tell me what's next, you know, and then once Mm -hmm. you're at the end of the game, you know that it opens up and whatnot, but just continuing along my thoughts on the story, um, you know, I thought it was enjoyable, you know, uh, as someone who's played all the Diablo games, you know, the story has never been, you know, the number one poll for me. Um, I don't think many people that is the case. I'm a huge uh, lore lover of a lot of games. I'm fairly knowledgeable about World of Warcraft lore. Um, I am really, really enjoy uh, Mass Effect series. You know, there's a lot of lores um, in video games I really enjoy. You know, I'll I'll just be blatant. Uh, the the best thing about Diablo is it's demons versus angels. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, everything around that is kind of like, okay, you know, that's cool. I mean, soul stones and yeah, sure. You know, like I, I get it. Um, but um, I think they did a really good job at keeping it interesting. Um, I think uh, Lorath, that was the, that was the main guy's name, right? I think so. I don't know. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was Lorath. I mean, he was a really compelling character. Um, you know, great voice acting once again. Um, I really enjoyed kind of, you know, creating these like little personal connections. Um, and Nate, oh, shoot, I'm going to butcher this. Sorry, guys. It was like Namare, who's the one who kind of goes with you throughout the whole the whole uh, game. Um, you know, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed. What was that? Who, the girl? Yeah, the girl. Oh, yeah. Whose mother? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, yeah, try, yeah. we'll try to avoid spoilers. But uh, who has a mother? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, so, uh, no, I enjoyed that. I thought it was it was you know compelling and interesting, and uh, I you know I thought Lilith was a very interesting selection. Um, you know, just to piggyback off of what you said earlier, you know, the game is called Diablo, so you know you kind of if you don't plan on having him as you know a main villain in the game, uh, you got to give me something else. <laughs> That's pretty pretty interesting to to look at um you know if you think back to diablo 2 we had uh you know we had bale who honestly was awesome when you got to him in, in yeah. the expansion terrifying you know um i i assumed most people didn't you know 
even have an idea that Diablo had a brother, and it was just this very cool little, you know, yeah. oh, he has a brother that'll kick your butt. Um, but uh, I thought Lilith was a really compelling uh, antagonist. I, you know, I have my questions about why she was doing anything she was doing, <laughs> because I'm like, wait, didn't you create this place? Like, why are you, okay, I, I mean, Is it I'm bad? going with it. Uh, not to spoil anything, but like, is it bad that like at some points I was like, her arguments actually kind of make sense. <laughs> I was, there were some times when I was like, I might have converted over her side yeah. because I was like, I mean, she's not wrong. <laughs> she's yeah. just evil. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of like, well, it, she wasn't wrong, but she wanted to control everyone. So I was like, yeah, oh, man, yeah. oh, don't do that. Yeah. Um, it was and, for selfish and, well, reasons. Yeah. I think that's part of the moral questions they pose in the game and whatnot. And, you know, as the main characters, um, you know, I won't mention everyone and how the stories progress, but like, you know, these horrible things happen and these characters have to kind of do this, this balance cost benefit analysis of, you know, right and wrong. And in the end, you know, I had a lot of fun, um, you know, a couple key moments. I mean, I don't want to ruin things too much, but that we saw a couple bosses from previous games that I was really happy to see kind of like come back from the dead, um, and, and get to go up, up against them and, you know, call me a nostalgia lover, but I just, you know, it was cool to see them back in action and mm-hmm. fight them in this new setting with these new characters. Um, yeah. and, and then in the end, you know, you know, and this is actually part of my criticisms too, is, you know, the very last level we do kind of descend into hell sorry spoilers um and you know that that was great i was like okay you know this is the game's name diablo like come on like, like let's let's go kill some demons in hell so um i i think they really hit a lot of those marks like we were saying earlier um and then they also set up a lot for the future you know the ending of the game you know trying to keep this as spoiler free as possible you know really does set up that expansion of hey what happened to all the other prime evils you know where what is everyone else doing uh when do we get to fight them um and so it gives me a lot of hope you know for that for that future content and you know a a lot of people you know i mean you know a diablo 2 players probably remember but you know back when diablo 2 was released it only had four apps right so that was diablo 2 no expansions it had four acts you went in you killed diablo that was the end of the game i mean that <laughs> <Yeah>. was it <laughs> and then yeah. they you lord of the destruction the yeah right <laughs> which in reality it totally wasn't so lord of destruction comes out and then you they added that which one if you played that game recently you know you can't live without it it's it's a wonderful act it's it's actually one of my favorite parts of the entire game um and uh yeah and so so we know that Blizzard has the capacity to create something solid like that and then add to it. Yeah. And so that is something really exciting to me. And I think the story, you know, was really setting that up and that mm-hmm. is their intentions. Yeah. And something that I was kind of alluding to earlier is like Blizzard has had a lot of bad rep lately, like, you know, with some of their kind of monetization and, um, and various you know, other things, <laughs> you know, just like a lot of different things. And so they need like a massive win right now. And I'm really glad that they're getting one is because like, I've been a Blizzard fan for a very long time, and I was really sad to see them fall and become kind of a shit company, you know, yeah. not being subtle about it. And then now they're, like, kind of coming back, and I'm just like, oh, this is the this is the shit I remember from Blizzard. This is the quality, and this is them taking their time and, and then continually updating things. Um, yeah. But that being said, Absolutely. I think this is a good time to segue. I think we have talked a lot about Diablo 4, and I know 
Um, this isn't a Diablo 4 episode exclusive. <laughs> so why don't we go ahead and talk about uh, the next game that I, because I know we're playing more than one. So uh, what's what's the second one? And I, I am also playing this, so I'll let you start. <laughs> All right. So um, as might not surprise many gamers, uh, you know, we have been playing Final Fantasy 16 quite a bit. Uh, I'm a huge Final Fantasy fan, um, just as much as I am a Diablo fan. Those are both franchises I've known and loved my entire gaming career and oh, yeah. absolutely cornerstones to my enjoyment of games. Um, so Final Fantasy 16, you know, I hate to sound like a broken record, but I was also quite nervous for this one. Yeah. Um, you know, um, as a you know, I hate to say this, slightly older gamer now, you know, I, for one, love the turn-based Final Fantasies. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, turn-based is, is one of my favorite genres. I think there's so much fun to be had in kind of building and kind of patiently, you know, dialing everything in perfectly so that you can just kill that boss, mm -hmm. um, you know, whatever, like, with one hit. And like <laughs> yeah. grinding out levels so you're like strong and, and stuff like that, yeah. Absolutely. I, I personally love turn-based and I, I love Final Fantasy games. Um, you know, when we were growing up, the most prominent ones were 7, 8, and 9, and 10. Um, you know, some of the most famous, you know, ones that still exist nowadays with, you know, of course, there's six tactics like we can we can go on and on. Mm -hmm. and on. So, you know, I have a, a fairly decent amount of experience with the Final Fantasy titles. I've beaten most of them. Um, you know, don't have time to go into all that good stuff. Um, I also have a lot of experience playing Final Fantasy fourteen. I love, I think it's a wonderful MMO with incredible story, music, you name it. Whole nother up episode for that. Um, so, you know, Final Fantasy sixteen comes out. I personally try to kind of stay away from the media material. I wasn't really, I, you know, I watched the trailer, but I wasn't diving into like all the the developer talks and. I, I wanted to kind of have a peer understanding when it came out. Um, so, you know, obviously the day came, you know, we're sitting there playing. Uh, and, you know, I, first and foremost, you know, you, you can't help but to say just, wow, what a gorgeous game. Oh, it yeah. is just oh, yeah. insanely beautiful. Um, I personally was playing on a PlayStation 5. Um and, uh, yeah, I mean, performance was okay. I think, uh, you know, they still have a little bit, you know, hopefully some patches for that um, in the future. But, you know, getting that 30 frames per second probably. Um, but when it was, when the frames were good, it was, it was a gorgeous experience. Um, I found the combat to be, you know, fun and compelling and with my, you know, I haven't beat the game yet, so I have an idea that I am still very much in the dark about how complex this combat gets. Oh, um, yeah. But I am hopeful yeah. from what I've played so far. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, so I'm also playing uh, Final Fantasy, and it's, yeah. it's, it's, uh, I think I'm probably about 15 hours into it. And it's funny because you are right, and I won't spoil anything. But you're like literally ten hours into the game when it feels like the game has quote unquote started. <laughs> like yeah. it feels like the first like ten hours is almost the build up, and you're like, wow, like that that's some games are ten hours long, not just the right. introduction. <laughs> I was like, how long is this game going to be? It's probably going to be a long game. Um, yeah, absolutely. And you know, I mean, and and there's so much to talk about when it comes to Final Fantasy, but you know, I just like to look at you know, what we're actually 
you know, what we're actually enjoying in the moment and not thinking too hard about it. You know, I think Clive, the main character, is really interesting. Um, the story has already been really compelling, which is always a strong suit in Final Fantasy games. Mm-hmm. I would say Final Fantasy games are one of the few games in my entire life that have actually left me in tears by the end uh, of the game yeah. um, because it's such a long build up you work so hard and then they they really hit you in the feels with the emotions yeah um and so you know i'm really excited to continue enjoying that journey and and working through it you know um you know i i i do have to say part of me does miss this turn the turn-based world of final fantasy but as a variety gamer i insist that i open myself up to finding ways to enjoy these new systems um which you know which is absolutely there yeah and you know it's funny that uh that's been some of the kind of lighter criticism of the game is that like it doesn't feel so much like an rpg anymore it feels like like i saw an article i want to say it was maybe ign or GameSpot, but it was like uh you know god of war is more of an rpg than final fantasy 16 is <laughs> uh and i was like right. i mean you're not wrong but the game is still really good like uh, rpg or not it, it's it's kind of a refreshing in a way to have uh kind of this new style and stuff but i'm with you as well like i do miss the turn-based uh kind of style but i understand why they had to change it and or why they felt like they needed to um i mean final was it 15 was that the one with the car that one correct that one was a bit of a train wreck as a story (laughs) goes but yes that was kind of the yeah yeah. (laughs) i'm a prince but people treat me like i'm just some average joe and oh uh, don't worry my my entire kingdom just fell i'm just gonna go on a road trip with my friends anyway bachelor party yeah yeah, um (laughs) didn't make any sense but uh you know that was kind of the beginning of them experimenting or maybe 13 you know what i don't remember but they had started kind of experimenting with these alternate like combat systems and stuff like that and it kind of in a way though lets you not enjoy but consume the story uh a little more rapidly because you're less yeah. worried about the individual fight mechanics and more interested in like the world building and stuff like that. And uh, in this one in particular, I noticed like I I think about it mentally like a TV show more than I do a video game because of how many damn cinematics there are. Uh, right. I li- and like and how intricate the relationships are between the characters. Like I literally the other day was thinking I was like, oh, I want to watch the next episode of Final Fantasy 16. And then I was like, oh my god, that's not how that works. It's a game. Right. Like, I feel like I have to play it because it does feel like a show. Like it feels to me like like the the relationships in the game are so important. The dialogue and everything in the world is so important that honestly, like the the battles are just kind of like something I do in between the cutscenes uh, and. Oddly enough, that's not a criticism because the cutscenes are really good. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, no, absolutely. You know, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm really engaged in, in the story and want, and I want to see what happens next. And all the characters, even the bad guys, they do a really good job of making you have some kind of emotional connection to whether it's you know you hate them or love them or feel sorry for them or whatever. Um, yeah. You know, though I fully expect you know, in traditional Final Fantasy fashion that somewhere around the end of the third act or fifth act or whatever, 
uh, you know, some random bad guy that's secretly been puppeting everybody right, shows up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you've been battling these guys for 60 hours, but it was secretly me the whole time. I've never even heard of me. You've never heard of me before, but I'm the real bad guy. Oh, <laughs> you know, right. no, <laughs> I mean, that's, I haven't gotten that's there that's yet. The but yeah. yeah, that's the mainstay in the Final Fantasy series. Um, yeah, I, you know, I think I think, you know, concept comes into a really is a really big deal for Final Fantasy, right? Mm-hmm. Because they pick a concept and they stick with it. And as far as kind of the thematic elements of the world and how they create this world, you know, Final Fantasy twelve and Final Fantasy thirteen are completely different ideas, right? And that's something that a lot of you know, if our viewers here um, are not familiar with all the Final Fantasies, they are independent games, you know, completely independent characters with independent stories in independent worlds, you know, for the most part, mm-hmm. with just some um, shared kind of ideologies, I guess you could say, or shared, I don't know, common universe, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly, like, uh, you know, Halo or whatever, whatever game you might think. So, you know, there's always a little bit of risk that, uh, you know, that style or that particular, you know, environment isn't quite to your, you know, particular tastes. You know, Final mm-hmm. Fantasy IX had a bit of more medieval feel. Final Fantasy VIII had guns in it. <laughs> so, yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot going on and there's a lot to, like, think about. Um, but I think, you know... One thing I do love about Final Fantasy games is watching that progression. You know, even in the last 10, 15 years, when we went from, you know, you know, Final Fantasy 12, which honestly initially was not super well received, is now, you know, in the popular culture considered one of the favorites. You know, I mean, you'll find someone who you'll find someone who says every single one is their favorite. But, you know, I see posts all the time, just people raving about how much they love 12 and how it's their favorite one. Now, Um, personally, I love 13. A lot of people really don't like 13. I did not like 13. I I never played 12. I skipped 12. Uh, But 13, it it felt like a hallway, you know, to me, like it felt like you were walking down a hallway the whole game. Yeah, and a lot of people had that same criticism. <laughs> um, but to me, it was that active, t- active uh, was ATB is active turn-based, right? So right. that active turn-based way they did it was actually, a, for me, was a good compromise. I felt like I was still kind of playing a turn-based game, but, you know, they were moving around, they were doing, you know, there was activity happening. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, that's you know that's the thing. So sixteen comes out. You know, I, so far I've been really feeling it. I love the way they're dealing with the summons and kind of how the story and all that play mm-hmm, together. Mm-hmm. I think that's really compelling. Um, you know, uh, if anyone played Final Fantasy fifteen, you'll know that probably the coolest part of that entire game was summoning a dang uh summon and just oh them God. raining hell down on yeah you. it's like uh, this, it, it would take up like the entire yeah. map you're like oh everything you can God. see the entire viewport would <laughs> just be like this fucking you're like giant fire monster you're like hell yeah this is what it should feel like you know? exactly exactly so they kind of took that idea and, and ran with it a little bit which was great um and you know you know as as i've said i'm i'm not you know, super in, I'm not uh, far into the game yet, so I'm sure there will be lots of mix-ups and, and uh, you know, and different changes there. But, you know, uh, generally speaking, I, I think it's really exciting, um, and they really went in a great direction. You know, listening to, you know, now that I've been playing the game, I've been listening to some of the developer talks, and, you know, they're, they really, um, they really care. You know, they really care mm-hmm. about making compelling games mm-hmm. that, you know, the, 
that meet this Final Fantasy, uh, you know, reputation, but also have to push the envelope and include the younger generations. Yeah. Um, you know, so there's so much to be said about it. And, and honestly, I will probably have a whole new opinion once I've completed it in a couple of weeks. Um, but for now, you know, I'm really yep. uh, delighted to be playing it. I think the soundtrack's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, you know, uh, I think the, uh, you know, voice acting once again is really well done, especially, which is funny because we got uh, better it's, voice, English voice acting than well, Japanese uh, this time. Well, and the thing is too, um, the guy that, plays the main guy in Diablo is the same guy who plays your ally no in way. Final Fantasy 16. You didn't notice the voice is the same? No, it's it's in uh what's his name? The uh, um uh, I totally forgot his character name. Uh Sid. Yeah, no, Sid and Lorath are the same guy Lorath. you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he does that guy does have an incredible voice. <laughs> yeah, he's the guy from Game of Thrones, you know, isn't he? Oh, oh, Ralph Innocen. Yeah, oh, Ralph Innocen. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. I don't remember sense. which character he is in Game of Thrones. He's uh one of the Baratheons, I think. Let me see. Isn't he the he's the older one? Let me see. We go to IMDb. It doesn't matter. Anyways, moving on. Yeah, besides the point. But yeah, I mean, it's it's it, you know another thing to point out about this this Final Fantasy game is they've definitely started to you know and this kind of you know you you could see this in Final Fantasy 15 is they've really embraced the Western culture. Oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, there was a lot. I, I I'm I'm gonna misquote this, but the developer was talking about how you know he really wants this to be like a 60 to 80 hour Hollywood cinematic, right? Yeah. Which we feel. I feel it. You know, I definitely Certainly. feel it. Certainly. Um. So it kind of has that more you know like Western video game like big bangs and bombs and you know all that graphical beauty um but it's works it's it's working so far you know and like i said i'm going to continue to explore it and dig into this combat system which you know if you've seen any of these combo videos looks in- intensely complex in a way that you know mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm not even sure i understand um and you know we'll just we'll just see we'll see how it goes every final yep. fantasy game is a is a treasure trove and yep. if you think you can spend 100 hours uh, and learn everything. You're wrong. There's probably a couple hundred more to go. Probably some secrets and some uh, hidden items. Yeah, I I totally agree. And like, I mean, the game is 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 fantastic so far. Like, I'm really eager to you know dive into it and see like where the story goes and what is it going to change and how the characters are going to interact and you know who's going to miraculously show up again and who's going to you know like every, all that just like crazy Game of Thronesy kind of stuff that happens is is just you know uh, in an interactive you know entertainment piece as you know instead of like a show is just awesome so i'm excited to to dive into that as well um cool so i think we probably have time for only like one more but um i know i kind of wanted to touch on this other one that we were playing so we we originally had four games that we're kind of playing overall right now um and but it looks like we'll get to about three of them and i wanted to bring up this next one because i actually find it kind of funny that we're we've been playing it um because it's an older game now mystery pick mystery pick yeah yeah so um we actually recently picked back up ghost recon wildlands and the game's like i don't know like eight years old now it was 2015 i think when it came out and uh 
and it's funny because even though the new one came out which i think is breakpoint uh wildlands i still think the better one and it's very fun and so like i've been playing uh, a lot of it and they've updated it a lot over the years and when i played it the first time i thought it was pretty good but then they released this like hardcore mode which they call ghost mode so if your character dies basically twice uh in a row because you get one revive and per combat situation your character dies permanently and is deleted like it's a hardcore mode and uh i find that to make the game like a hundred times more interesting because now i'm not just running in and just like mow you know mowing down everybody and then oh if i die die whatever go back in and do it again like it actually makes it feel tactical and you feel like there's some stakes at play here and so i find that really fun um so we've been playing that a little bit like the hardcore mode really turned it around for me uh, yeah, yeah. Alex uh, approached me with this, uh, the idea to play this game, and I will definitely say I was skeptical at first because of how the game released. And I did play it on release. Um, you know, I thought it was an enjoyable game. You know, an enjoyable, um, you know, co-op uh, tactical you know, third-person shooter um, taking place in Bolivia. Like, you know, that's that had some cool elements to it. But, you know, if I recall, which I'm sure I don't very well, it was it was kind of plagued with a whole bunch of issues on launch. I want to say there was, like, server issues and there was, like, uh, uh, performance issues. And it really had a rocky start and really never kind of took off. Um, so it's it, it is good to see that, you know, they continued developing it mm-hmm. and continued putting in effort and even making DLCs. Um, and, you know, personally, and, you know, I know you feel this way too, I love going back to games like that and just saying, hey, let's just try it out. You know, like, let's see if it's fun. Maybe we, you know, we did miss yeah. out um, at the time and place. So, yeah, we jumped in and, uh, you know, it, it it is a lot of fun. It's a very good tactical shooter. It's a very yeah, you know, yeah. it really feels like uh, reminiscent of those old mercenary games. Exactly. Um, uh, yep. Which uh, they need or, to make another one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if anyone's listening, make another mercenary game. Make another uh, mercenary. Um it kind of has that um feel where it's like you're you're just kind of like a one-man army, like running around some foreign country, blowing things up in this like kind of terrible way, but hey, it's a video game. <laughs> yeah. Um and uh you know, and it's, it's, you know, it definitely, like, the hardcore mode, like you said, really adds, like, a really nice little, like, hey, like, you need to be tactical about this, yeah. like, element to it. Um, And, you know, if that, if you're into that, like, that's really, um, it, it does it well. You know, it does it yeah. really well. Um, If you're not into that and you're the kind of person who just busts down the door and fires your gun, you know, maybe not the game for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. But. But, uh, you know, I will say, um, even in just the short time we've been playing, you know, this week, um, you know, certain things have stood out to me that still kind of just shoot up red flags of, like, how did this get past, like, QA. QA. Like the menu <laughs> system? And, For, yeah, uh, exactly. The so the <laughs> menuing is is just almost atrocious and confusing. Um, it it's hard to navigate certain buttons don't do what i think they should do um and then you know we've just had the heck of a time trying to get into games with each other server issues are still Uh, rampant disconnects all the time um which is also might be due to the fact that it's not probably not 
they probably don't really maintain it that much anymore because it's kind of old. They're like, yeah, just patch it, keep it going. <laughs> you know, they're like keep minimum, yeah. minimum but effort. But if we were having those problems in the beginning, then, you know, like yeah, it, it sounds like they never really found a medium point for that or, oh, or a compromise. I, I got to tell you the story on it uh, on the podcast. So Tyler knows this one, but I got to tell it. So um, in, I don't know, 2014, 2015, I was at E3 and uh, with my now wife, Emily, and uh Ghostland, or sorry, Ghost Recon Wildlands was there presenting, and we stood in line to play the demo, and it was a uh, a demo with the devs. So the you had one of the developers um, like walking you through uh, the the game as a team. So you had four people, or sorry, three other people, and then the devs. So you were a team of four, and you all had headsets, and he was like your squad leader, and he was walking you through, and he took two people. Um, to uh, two people were in a helicopter, and two people were sniping on a mountain. And so he was, you know, so me and Emily are one of the three and he's like, all right, guys, this is the mission. We're going to go in and we're going to, uh, I don't know, assassinate some Sicario or whatever it was. Or, and, um, so we're like overwatching a base. And so like, I'm one of the snipers and Emily's in the chopper and the guy, um, the, the developer is in the chopper. He's the, he's piloting it. So they're like, they're like, okay, we're going to take the chopper and we're going to fly it over the base and we're going to insert on the other side uh, and then the two snipers are going to give us overwatch and, you know, protect us or whatever. And right as he's saying that Emily clicks the, like jump out of the airplane button and halt, just flies out of the helicopter and parachutes in. And he goes, well, change of plans, guys. It's a rescue mission. <laughs> and so we're like, he's like, all right, everyone in. So we all like rush into the base to to save Emily, and like, and it was like a really fun experience. But it was like the develops like developer trying to keep like really maintain control over his demo, and he's like, well, that that went to shit. Uh, these developers who are so like tactical like yeah. oh this is like a military operation you exactly. know and it's like well the average gamer isn't gonna know that <laughs> no, no no it was still really fun um and it was cool to meet them and stuff like that but that yeah that that, that experience kind of sold me on the game back then and so that's why i had played it uh and then now coming back to it and seeing kind of uh you know the, the a few new things he added here and there and patches it really drew me back and i'm I love shooters. I I was in the army for a while, so I love that kind of like military stuff. Um, yeah, I think I think that does play in things just a little bit. You know, yeah. the more tactical side of things. Uh, yeah. It is fun to. I mean, you know, it's. It, you know, there was a few. I mean, there was a few elements in that in that game that I'd point out that weren't. You know, you weren't really seeing in other games, and like the. Yeah. Um, Oh man, I can't remember the name of the system, but it's like you queue up your partner to shoot together. Oh, like the that, synchronized works, shot. The, yeah, yeah, the sync shot. It works really well. Like, it, yeah. it, you know, I felt like I was part of a team, even if I didn't have a co-op person with me. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, little things like that, I think, worked out really well. Um, you know, also open world events is something that you know games mm-hmm. like Red Dead Redemption, um, yeah. or you know, like it's hard to do really in a tactical environment. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's hard, but like, you know, just the other day we were playing and a oil convoy pops on our screen and we're like, oh, if we stop this, we can get, you know, experience in this oil. That's that's a resource we need. So yeah. that kind of stuff, that open world uh, activities and making it feel like, you know, even if your character wasn't there, that there's still some semblance of life in this generated world. Um, that's hard to do. And I think it actually does a pretty good job at it. Yeah. 
No, I agree. And I feel like tactical games often have a difficulty of finding the balance between realism and too much realism. Um, like, for instance, Escape from Tarkov is kind of the go-to example here of too much realism, in my opinion. That game is utter shit because it takes itself almost too seriously and they like it's like almost unplayable unless you follow the like conventions by developed by people on youtube you know because it's like it's and they give you like no hints no nothing so they it's like too much but and then but then you have games like rainbow six siege which is awesome um but very limited right very small small scope of video games and then you have um let's see like what's the other one ready or not which is really good but it's still kind of early in development so it's not very flushed out so it's like there's all these like i'm looking for like this like tactical realism game but that still yeah. feels like a video game you know what i'm talking about yeah, like i can I mean, act, like <laughs> like a t- i can be tactical but i'm not getting punished for not being a professional you know what i mean like <laughs> right like if i wanted to actually be tactical i could go join the military yeah (laughs) you know but like there 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 is a balance right exactly (laughs) but but that's that's the point right it's like if it was you know the ultra realistic uh simulator is you filling out your forms you know at the end of the day like oh you know like okay uh well uh you know checking out my rifle from the uh, bunker and uh, walking over to the de- the meal hall and yeah. you know what i mean like there's, so there's, there's yeah. always a balance that has mm-hmm. to be made and uh you know i mean and then there's there's places for that if you like that you know like arma yeah. 3 I'm, I'm not a, yeah. I, yeah i haven't played it myself but i've seen some really awesome stuff from that or those you know just the, all the cool stuff that um people do with grand theft auto now and the role playing that happens in that um so yeah i i finding that balance is hard um you know one thing we want to talk about a lot on this podcast is not just like about the specifics of a game and how technically amazing it is or not but is it fun? You know, right. are we enjoying right. ourselves? Is, yeah. Is, is, is it worth playing? Um, Cause that simple question, um, you know, means a lot when you take a step back and you just think about it. Yeah, totally. And that's something that's so hard to quantify and so hard to, to capture as well. Like even talking to some of my friends who are video game developers and reading books on it and stuff like that. Like one of the things that they talk about a lot is like, how do you quantify fun? <laughs> you know, like how, and, and the problem is when you're developing a video game is like a lot of the time it doesn't, you don't even, understand what that the fun of the game is until everything is put together at the very end right because you're kind of working on all these things so it's like it's so hard it's not an easy problem to solve and that's why it's so hard to find things that are both fun and engaging and like in this case tactical and everything like that um, yeah, that's the, the curse of the, the video game developer, man. Yeah, it's like, right. okay, yep. you have to put in a hundred and million hours and a hundred people into something. Uh, it's not even fun. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, we're Ooh. over an hour, so we're about at time. So um, thank you everyone for listening up until this point. We've been talking about, we introduced ourselves kind of in the beginning, and then we talked about the games we're currently playing, which was Diablo 4, Final Fantasy 16, and Ghost Recon Wildlands. Um, next time, we are going to be talking about our anticipated games, um, what's coming in the future, and what we look forward to playing. So that'll be dropping in a couple of weeks. I'm Alex Salerno. I am Tyler Salerno. Uh, and we've been your hosts. You can find us um on podcast services everywhere as pixelated realms and i am 8-bit alex on social media platforms and i am maestro television on twitch tv and other platforms 
Yeah. And if you would like to join our little community, we'll go ahead and put a link to our Discord in the description. So you can join and chat with like-minded individuals. And thank you for watching or listening. Thank you for listening. <laughs> awesome. We'll see you next time on the Pixelated Realms. At the Pixelated Realms? We'll see you next time at in the Pixelated Realms. <laughs> uh, yes. I'll yes. cut that. I don't know. <laughs> we'll, uh, you don't even have to.